time for a new episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Allen Iverson is always going to be my all-time point guard. The real AI? Practice. We're talking about practice, not the game. His contributions to professional baseball cannot be denied. Uh, you sure about that? Then why is he not in Cooperstown? Come on, puss. Nope, Hattie old girl, he takes a backseat to Joe Montana. Two years now we've been doing this bullshit. Yeah, I can't believe podcast hasn't thrown us off the air. Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne? <sighs> Reggie Wayne. <laughs> Hot take. Taylor vs. Serrano, 2022 Fight of the Year, baby. Two women sold out Madison Square Garden. Incredible. You're the biggest homer ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. You leave my Dodgers, Steelers, and my Penguins out of this. We did a lot of hockey talk last year. I enjoyed that. Well, it's a great sport. Kill a guy with skates. What's better? It's true. All right. One-on-one, full contact, both in their prime, LeBron versus Jordan. Come on, Hattie, old girl. You really think that deserves an answer? Okay. Fine. We'll take it. Coming soon on Steel Toes and Scoreboards, a top 25 QB episode. Beto. Nope. Not after that point guard cluster episode. <laughs> oh, man. Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson in their prime. I'm pretty sure somebody named Tyson would win. <laughs> <laughs> this Live Golf versus PGA Tour feud has been an incredible news story this year. It's a pissing contest, but it has been funny. That Waco episode did killer numbers on our downloads. See, good thing we cover more than just sports. Have I worked a pro wrestling reference in yet tonight? And here we go, folks. Once again, he gets going. Well, you know. <laughs> I like wrestling. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Peyton, Brady, Breeze, and soon-to-be Rogers all retired. Who's the next crop to stand up and take their place? We've got to start talking more to college hoops. Oh, I'm waiting on you to pull the trigger. Commissioner Kirk Kelly in the house, everybody. I'm here to save the MLB. Anything to say to your fans? Peace, love, and Ozzy Osbourne. Hot take right here. He's the greatest second baseman to ever play the game. You're kidding me, right? You can't be serious. All right, Puss. You ready to get into it? Sure bet. Hey, old girl, let's piss some people off. (laughs) And as he said, we sure do. (laughs) Guys, a very new episode happening right now. Welcome back to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, our second episode of the day. Uh, sit tight, we're going to get a hold of my co-host. Hello. Hattie O' Girl, puss. <laughs> What's going on? Man, oh man, I was just uh, I was telling everybody today, I was like, Kurt's been on my ass here lately, we ain't recorded in a month. <laughs> I've been I've been busy had I've been oh, busy I puss. Oh, I know. I gotta be I gotta be out by the 29th, So, right. Uh, there's a hey, yeah. there, there's a lot of shit to talk about. Oh yeah. I got I got a lot of good sports news, but but before we before we do that, yeah. I'm gonna give you the option of picking the episode that you and I are gonna record this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, whenever we get together. Okay. 
and I've and I've got a few good topics, and I'm just I just decided I'm not going to pick this week. I'm going to let you pick it, and I'm going to bang out the research. Right on, first by me. Okay, so we can either do the 1992 Dream Team. Yeah. We could do Bears versus Packers rivalry. Yeah. We could do a random Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, which you would tell me, you know, just pick a right. random one, or. We can do a Kurt episode, and what that means is you just like, ah, I think we should talk about this, and then I'll do the research. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on right now, man. A lot of weird shit. There is. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I'll show off how I ever figured it out. Okay. So, well, let's let's get into some let's get into some sports news. Let's be yeah, let's right be pro, let's be professionals here. Yes. As 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 much as uh, we L, can be. Well professional. Well professional. professional. <laughs> Me professional, one hundred percent, my friend. Uh, yes, my friend. Hey, before before we get started, I would like to say I am so thankful that you finally got a new phone in January. <laughs> yeah. Because like this is our first time using it together here, yeah. and like yeah. you're coming through a hundred percent crystal clear. Sweet. Okay, so where where are we gonna start? Did you hear about uh John Morant from the Grizzlies? Uh, got in a little bit of trouble, you know, with a gun and whatnot. Yeah, I, I briefly had seen. I didn't read it all. I seen the headline, maybe, but so I guess uh, you know he was in Colorado last week. I don't, you know, I guess they were, you know, Memphis was playing the Nuggets or whatever. Uh, and I guess oh, he <laughs> the Nuggets. The nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I immediately think butt nuggets. That's where I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyways, I guess he took got on his social media account on his Instagram, and he went live on it. So thousands and thousands of his fans and followers on social media were seeing this where it looked like you know he was displaying a handgun inside of this club oh, now with boy. all with all the shit that's going on in the world in the last 30 years and uh, especially the last few years with with mass what, shootings and everything what are you thinking i mean plaxico burris you know uh your former steelers plax well oh, i guess well. He, i guess he was a new york giant at the time i remember when he almost shot his dick off yeah, <laughs> and that New York club, the gun went off, and uh, yeah, I mean, but I guess what are you thinking? I, I, I guess Colorado police, you know, last week they were alerted to the video. Uh, it was at a strip club called Shotgun Willies, which, by the way, that's the greatest fucking name ever for a strip club, Shotgun <laughs> Willies. Uh, but uh, I, I guess uh, they were digging into this. Some people were frightened, even though. He's uh you know he's a celebrity, he's a famous person, he's rich, he's a pro athlete. I still even though this is like a normal person like you know this is a celebrity, they're cool people. I think I would still get a little unnervous when you're in a club full uh, of 100 yeah. fucking people and you're brandishing a firearm. Let's remember the guns don't kill people. <laughs> That's right. People uh, people kill people. Kill people. Yes. But uh I guess uh Colorado police came out and released a statement either today or yesterday that there's not enough probable cause for the filing of any charges. 
Uh, it said it should be noted that uh, the Colorado police did not receive any calls at the nightclub that night regarding a weapon. Uh, and still, since you no- got to wonder, what's he thinking? Okay, so I was thinking about this today or the, this evening when I was putting the show together for me and you. And I was like, you're 23, you're rich, you're, you know, you're... You got it made. You got it made, you're rich. Uh, I don't know if you just, I don't think you do it to be a badass. I think you do it for personal protection, but at the same time, if you're a pro, if you're a professional athlete, and as yours one is famous as as John Moran is, and your stock's been on the rise for the last few years... I think you're going out with private security or a bodyguard anyway, so maybe you don't need to carry. Right, and there's a code of conduct that it just has to be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do we need to look back at the NFL from like 2000 through 2005 and eight with <laughs> yeah. all the shit going on with right. uh, the Cincinnati right. Bengals at one time I called the Cincinnati Jailbirds as they had multiple people always in trouble. Yep, yep. Is that Pac-Man Jones? That would have been Pac-Man Jones and uh, Chris Henry and uh, yeah, 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 that's God, right. they had a, they had a bunch of them. Now, uh, I guess John Morant did the right thing over the weekend. He went out and he publicly apologized for the incident and has said he didn't mean to to scare any fans or, or any patrons of the facility. You know he, uh, you know he. Well, yeah. All I'm going to say there's a time and place for everything, and that's, you know, it's just not the time or the place to be brandishing anything. So now the NBA, uh, basically, I don't think he was suspended, but uh, it was just kind of understood that he's going to stay away from the team for a few days as the NBA conducts their own investigation. Now, NBA rules prohibit a player from having a firearm on team property or while traveling on team business, and even though you're out at a strip club with, called Shotgun Willies, which, again, is the coolest name for a titty bar ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, they're in the middle of a season, right? You're right. Technically, he was on team business because they played a game. Now, what's yeah. interesting is Colorado's an open carry state. As you know, as a 2A guy, right. I know that. Colorado's an open carry state, but there are exemptions, including the car- carrying of a firearm on, like, federal property. And it is illegal to possess a firearm on your person in the state of Colorado while under the influence of alcohol. I was so, going to say, surely there's something like that. Uh, you can't take one into a bar, surely. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, and, just, and again, you know, I, I get it. You're rich and you're still young. You're 23, man. I remember the dumb shit I was doing at 23. But, yeah. I mean, still, like, you're probably going out with armed security. Yeah. Well, I ch- chances are he knows better than that, you know. Well, you would uh, think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Man, I tell you what. Sometimes the greatest joy I get when we do these uh, Weeknight Chronicle episodes <laughs> is uh, the fact that we're actually like news reporters for like this one episode, you know? Right. <laughs> I right. love seeing all the dumb shit that we get to report on. That's what cracks me up. Right, right. And speaking of dumb shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, put this, I put this in here. Just for you. Now, uh, we do tennis every once in a while. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the, the understanding with me and you is if you, had a pick, if, if you had to pick between tennis and soccer, every time you're going to pick tennis. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. and the one thing you hate probably more than soccer is you hate uh, being told what to do by the government. Uh, yeah. In particular, COVID nineteen. Oh, uh, yeah, boy, boy. So yeah. I, I had to throw this in here just for you. It's like I got <laughs> like right. two or three paragraphs. So uh, one of our one of the one of the goats of tennis in the modern era, as, as I've talked about a lot, has been Novak Djokovic. So I guess he has withdrawn from this big uh, open they've got coming up at Indian Wells. Uh, due to COVID nineteen vax waivers and all this stuff, he, you know, jo- uh, Djokovic is from Serbia and he's unvaccinated right. against COVID. He has said repeatedly he will not ever get a COVID vax. You're not sticking me with the devil juice. Blah blah blah. <laughs> so he's been in in, in a state, and, it, and it's been a thing in the news because, like, I mean, when when we do these weeknight chronicle episodes, I hit on news from all over the sports world, even obscure sports that we don't talk a lot about, like the X Games. This has been a sports story for the last year and a half as Djokovic has basically told uh, the governing bodies of tennis and the other countries, uh, you can suck my wee-wee, I'm not getting a vax. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he's basically, he's just Sucking decided. wee-wee. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, in, in no uncertain right. terms, I mean, that's as brutally honest as it is. He's pretty much right. like, you can suck my wee-wee, I'm not getting a vaccine. Right. So uh, I guess... You know, they're talking about, you know, it's time to end COVID restrictions across the world. And they're like, the U.S. is ending its COVID-19 emergency declaration uh, at the beginning of May. And uh, Djokovic just plain said, you know what, I'm tired of messing with this. So anywhere where I have to be vaccinated to play, I'm just not going to play. Yep. So, there you go. So... Uh, I just put that in there for you because I just I rem- I remember how you felt about that meeting uh, in September of 2020 when we were in the break room. They were talking about yeah. vaccine, and you were, whoo, folks. When I tell you, Kirk Kelly was about ready to walk out. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, puss, it'll be okay. You're medically exempt. You don't believe in vaccines." And he's like, oh, "Good idea, bro." <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to move on to uh, a little bit of. MLB and uh, a little bit of sadness because one of my uh, all-time favorites uh, has decided he's hanging up the cleats, puss. Oh yeah, Lorenzo Cain. Oh the, yeah, the okay. uh, world champion, world champion, Kansas City Royal, yeah. two-time All-Star, yeah. uh, ALCS MVP. I guess he uh, he. Solid. It's very solid. I've got his I got his yeah. career stat line down here here in just a second. Right he said uh basically he said uh he's uh he's a father to to three boys and uh his his youngest boy is five years old and he said I just left it up to him. Do you want dad to continue to go play ball and make money or are you ready for dad to be done and go home and you know, go on fishing trips and stuff? And they're like, We just want you home. So yeah. Uh, now well, good, well, good for him though. That's that's awesome. Though. Well, and he's made his millions. His family yes. will be financially secure the rest of their life. Yes. Uh, yes. I guess one thing I do like is uh, Kansas City is going to be working on a uh, retirement ceremony for him, and he will be going into the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame, which I think is is you know apropos. I think that's very yeah. fitting for him. Yes. Uh, 
I love Lorenzo Kane. Like I, I was, I, I like him. I like his game. He was, he was solid. He's, uh, uh, he's the same age as me, or well, he's a year older than me. He's thirty six. He will be thirty seven. I'm, I'm thirty five. Will be thirty six. Uh, he spent the past five years with Milwaukee, but because of injuries and COVID and all that stuff, he hasn't played a full season in like four right. years. So right. he hit healthy. He was solid, man. I. Yeah, what he hit? He hit last year, uh, last year, and he only played forty three games before Milwaukee cut him on June twenty first, and he hit a hundred. He hit a one seventy nine. Now for his career stat line, of course, he was drafted by the Brewers in two thousand four. Uh, right. He made his major league debut with the Brewers in twenty ten, before being traded to the Royals. Uh, of course, they've got the World Series championship in 2015 over the Mets. Well, he, he bloomed. He blossomed in Kansas City, didn't he? I mean, right? He, yeah, he did. Where, so uh, his stat line here is 283, 343, and 407 to go with uh, 1,220 hits, 87 home runs, uh, 190 stolen bases, 626 RBIs, and a Gold Glove. I was going to say, he wasn't no slouch on the defensive end, either. No. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people put stock in in the MVPs, and I do, too, but one thing I always put stock in is gold gloves. Oh, yeah. That, absolutely. That's, you know, you might be the MVP, the best player of, of of your respective league, but, man, they don't give out gold gloves to just anybody. Right. You make the routine and, and then make some extras. That's why I always say gold gloves. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, uh, I put a little something in here. Uh, I know we don't do politics on this show, but I I guess there's some political shit going on with the Brewers uh, because there's been a coalition of Wisconsin businesses and healthcare workers and former leaders and everybody. I guess they're trying, and this was formed by the governor of Wisconsin. They're trying to keep the Brewers in in Milwaukee. I guess there's talks that uh, Milwaukee potentially wants a new stadium, and okay. uh, you know they're they're looking at maybe it's time to just pack up shop and relocate. And the state of Wisconsin's like, uh, no. <laughs> so what, what's interesting about this is uh, there's a proposal by the the uh, this coalition or whatever from what i've seen to spend almost 300 million dollars in repairs to american family field and in exchange for the state helping the brewers do this this team said it would stay at the stadium for another 13 years which would take them up to the year 2043 right sign that deal yeah but 300 million dollars in Stay, stay, dude. We could do a whole episode on this. I hit on this in random weeknight chronicles on nights that you weren't available to do it. All this right. money going into all these stadiums for all these teams lately is fucking ridiculous. It is, it is. Billion yeah. dollar stadiums here, hundred million dollar stadiums there. It's, the money is yeah, it's, it's washing out the the <laughs> the real meaning of the game. Really, what it, what is, did you? Is it not? It's kind of washing. I don't know. It's it's. Overshadowing the real meaning of the game. What did you say to me? Uh, which I'm, I don't know. Why I'm ta- asking you, puss. You can't remember what you had for lunch today. <laughs> but not that long ago, uh, 
we were talking about something, me and you, at your house. I think we were doing the Oklahoma City episode before Christmas. And we got talking about money and sports again. As we're sitting there in the fucking midnight right. hours like we always do, sitting there talking, you're like, money killed sports. <laughs> yeah. You're it, like, it, contracts yeah. and, and stadium costs and all this, you're like, money killed sports. That's pretty big, man. It's killing it. For sure. As you always say, you're playing a kid's game. It's game. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, are you not? I mean, it's No, you're 100% right. And I, I mean, I'm not saying these guys deserve to be I'm not saying they deserve I, to be making, you know, 300 bucks a week or 500 bucks a week, but I don't think they need a a 10-year, $600 million contract. Right, right, right. I mean, he the fuck gets this kind of contract. <laughs> Aaron, mean, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, hey, apparently. I, mean, I, can, I, I can bat left hand, right hand, throw either hand. Uh, what about me? He does, folks. He has the he has the Kirk Kelly Sports Complex at his house. We have a <laughs> we have a basketball goal. We have a wiffle ball field and soon to be a field hockey field. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, now yeah, the wiffle ball field is pretty fun, you know. The wiffle ball field is impressive, and for and for those list for our listeners, I'm not lying to you when I say that we have spent a a <laughs> lot of time. You like to crowd a plate. You like to crowd a plate. I do not. Yeah, you do. Okay, maybe a little bit. I do. <laughs> We go out there in the middle of the night, we're recording episodes, and we're like, yeah, I'm, I tell Kurt, I'm like, my ass is falling asleep in this chair, so we'll go outside yeah. at midnight and, and hit, the stadium, lights and hit the stadium lights, and we'll play a game of wiffle ball or shoot hoops for an hour, then go back in and record again. It's, hey, we're good exercise. And, you know, I, I have fun with you, puss. <laughs> right on. Uh, I try to be, I, try to be uh, I don't know, I don't want to say fun, I guess. <laughs> That sounds kind of goofy, doesn't it? It sounds kind of goofy. Goofy. No. I try to have a good time, man. Life's too fucking short, bro. Uh, We're about to have a first in Steel Toes and Scoreboards history, and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh when I hear the groan or the laugh or the what the fuck come out of the other end here in a minute. But for for the first time in history, we're going to talk about the sport of badminton. <laughs> hey, I can I I can get into some badminton. We're 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 gonna talk about badminton because we're gonna talk about a million dollars worth of hush money. So you know it's some good it's some uh, uh, it's some bad some shit, shit, but it's there. some good shit. Uh, right, right. We're gonna laugh at it. Probably. So so and this falls under the U.S. Olympic side of notes where I always pull you know. Think about the name of that. Badminton. I mean, if you didn't know anything about it, you'd be thinking, "All right, mittens." Badminton. Isn't that the same thing as shuttlecock? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like who who thought of these names hundreds of years ago? I'm gonna call it shuttlecock. Yeah, I'm gonna call it badminton. What, what the fuck? It's pretty fucking murky. Yeah. So, so uh, we're going to talk about USA Badminton, which is the sports national governing body under the U.S. Olympic side of things. And I guess they paid a million dollars in hush, a lot of, a lot of hush money and millions of dollars going around sports nowadays. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, they they paid a million dollars in hush money 
to settle a dispute with a former employee who claims that he was terminated in retaliation for reporting uh, allegations of sexual abuse from his coach. Uh oh, the shuttlecock is on the loose. The sh <laughs> <laughs> That, that's going to be the title of this episode, The Shuttlecocks on the Loose. <laughs> We're going to get banned from radio. Damn. I'm telling you what, people have missed this content right here. This is You can't find this kind of comedy anywhere else. All right, go on. So, uh, so a guy named Alistair Casey, who was, uh, I guess, apparently the chief of staff, uh, has alleged in... <laughs> Now, how do you make chief of staff funny? <laughs> Hashtag tits. Two idiots talking sports. Hashtag All right. tits. All right, I see you two guys. You better straighten up. Okay. Right now. <laughs> so, I guess uh, USA Badminton CEO Linda French and her general counsel John Little. I can't even fucking. I can't even do this now. <laughs> Shuttlecock and Chief of Staff and Little and oh, shit. I often okay. wonder when we get on when we go on these like off the rail parts if the listeners turn it off or if they're just like wow these guys are fucking idiots. Uh, well, probably I mean, both. Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. But I oh, guess geez. I got to try to pull myself together. So I guess uh, Badminton CEO said and the council. Try to tell this guy not to press charges uh, for sexual misconduct, and he filed a report anyway. He said that the victim then said that he was harassed and ultimately fired. Uh, so <laughs> I guess he's just settled a lawsuit. And I just I, I think the only reason this is in here is because we've never talked about shuttlecock badminton. <laughs> I can't right. stop saying it. Man, I'm going to be really embarrassed if I Google tomorrow and find out that Shuttlecock is not badminton, but I think they're the same thing. I, I think it is. I'm not 100% sure either, but it, I I don't, also don't want to Google the word Shuttlecock, because what if my Google misinterprets it for something else, and uh, there's a whole bunch of pictures on my phone yeah. that I don't want. But uh, I mean, normally, as I as I always say, when we have stories that we that we talk about here in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, I'll keep you updated. I'm not going to keep you updated about the badminton <laughs> shuttlecock story. I just think it's hilarious that uh, it's something I'll look into in private. Uh, private man, look at you go! Wow, this has been a great episode already. Oh uh, shit! What do you know about pickleball? I couldn't tell you the first thing about pickleball. Uh, that's the new rage, isn't it? Oh god! I've been, I've been popping up on YouTube. I'm on YouTube. I can talk to you. I can talk your ear off about air hockey. I'm the air hockey champ. Air hockey? Oh god, yeah, pickleball. man! I take that shit serious. Uh, I took my foosball serious. Oh man, I've never played foosball. You never played foosball? No. We uh, man. we maybe we need to get one. Well, I'd like to put one out on the front porch here. Like, do something on the front porch, and maybe. We're going to have to fix that porch first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not very... Yeah. Every time I walk across it, it's growing, what the fuck? That's what it says. Because uh, I'm worried yeah, I'm going to yeah. fall through. It needs some support. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a springtime job. Guess what? It's not going to be spring for another three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Got another cold snap. It was cold today. Yep. I froze my nipples. It's cold right now. It is. I'm in the I'm in the basement. I don't have no heat down here. Go out in that wind exposed to the northeast or it's cold. So let's make you a little shuttlecock. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah. I need I'm gonna get a drink. Fuck it. Just, this show done went off the rails. We're twenty five minutes in, we ain't getting it back. That's all right. So anyways, I just I just told her about that story just because we never talked about Bad shuttlecock and badminton before and right. hush yeah, yeah. money I, hush money of all sports and badminton i know uh it, that just shows uh, shows to go you're right there it, in all in all seriousness though the end of the article it's like if nothing else this has shown people that uh what happens when victims do come forward this is why victims don't come forward out of fear of being fired so i'm like yep Whoever's involved yeah. in this done shit to bed, and they're, uh, yeah. 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 Bunch of suckers. Uh, I know we've been skipping around a little bit. I've done skip through a couple articles. I might scroll back up to get them later. I haven't decided. Uh, I want to move on because I want to talk to, I want to talk about this a minute with you. Uh, Calvin Ridley from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. He was the player that was suspended uh, last season or the season before for, uh, you know, betting on NBA and NFL games, including his own team. It was like $1,500 bets. uh, They suspended him for it. So Ridley uh, posted a piece in in the Players' Tribune – I don't. I didn't see when he wrote it. I'm assuming it's sometime in the last few days or the week because I think he's been reinstated back to the NFL this week. Uh, he said, "Quote: I just fucked up, man." He said, "I was in a, I was in a uh, bad place. I was depressed about it and angry. It was the worst mistake of my life. I made a stupid mistake. I wasn't trying to cheat the game of football. That's the thing I want to make clear. At the time, I had been away from the team for about a month, and I was still so depressed and angry." The days were so long. Uh, I was just looking for anything to take my mind off things and make the day go faster. Uh, uh. So, so he was betting on he was betting on the games. Now, um, so he said that you know part of this was because you know he had, he had, which if you remember he had a he had a killer year during the twenty twenty season. Right. Uh, you know, so he had like thirteen hundred yards and caught over ninety passes. Uh, then he got injured again or something, and uh, I don't know. He just started, you know, he started betting on games. Betting on games. Why does this sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyways, he said he didn't, you know, he wasn't trying to, to you know, underperform and cheat the outcomes of the games and, and get false. He was just betting. uh you as know, long as there wasn't no point shaving going on. Well, I, I mean, I don't see in today's and okay. Here's here's my question for you, honest to God, serious question. Yeah. Where we're at in the world today, every day, the world, with each passing day, the world gets more technologically advanced every day. Yeah. With where we are in technology and social media and cameras everywhere. And people on the inside spilling beans about people all the time. And where we're at in the world in 2023, 
Do you think it's physically possible to still shave points from a game without somebody noticing? Yes. You really do? Yes. That's an interesting take. I'm. I'm gonna just. I, I think it would be hard. I think without where question, lies, somebody man. would know. Somebody would know. Where it, where it lies, I think, is within the officiating of any sport. Ooh, now that's a hot take right there. Let's give because you a little. How easy? How easy? What's a foul on one end is not a foul on the other. A lot of times, it's obvious to me, but I don't know about anybody else. But I mean, I don't know. That's uh, that's really interesting. Uh, I mean. I, People would deceive. I mean, there'd be a way to deceive, even with the technological advances. You know, I, I, I think, yeah. But what what bothers me? Because there's a lot of fucking. Here we go with the money thing again. That's where it's all, and it lays right there too. There's so much money. Everybody throwing out there, you know. I want to. I want to uh, see if I can find this clip. Go ahead and keep talking. I got something I want to sh- share with you about this. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for something here. Oh, it's right here at the top. I shared this on my Facebook. Uh, I shared this on my personal Facebook page uh, a year ago today. One year ago today. Uh, it says I shared it at like 13. So I shared it during the afternoon during the day when I probably should have been working. <laughs> Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> but it, it's it's talking about major suspensions. And, and, and I want you, I guess what I'm trying to tell you or say to you is I want you to tell me how fucked up this is. Okay. Major NFL suspensions in the last decade. Ray Rice beat the shit out of his old lady, suspended two games. Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy, who is a complete piece of shit, and I don't care if I'd see Greg in the street, he might be six foot six and you know three hundred pounds. I'd still tell him he's a fucking piece of shit. Right. Greg Hardy beat the shit out of his woman and threatened to kill her, had a gun in her face, four game suspension. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, I love Adrian Peterson as a running back. Yep. Felony child abuse, six games. Unreal. Ezekiel Elliott beat the shit out of a woman in a club, punched her right in the face. Another, another, another case where there was video, where there was video evidence of this happening. Six games. Josh Gordon smoking a lot of pot. Six seasons. Calvin Ridley for using FanDuel and DraftKings suspended suspended an entire season. Unreal, dude. Now you tell Unreal. me, you tell me about that. How that any of that seems fair. Well, yeah. Six seasons for smoking a little bit of pot. A plant. Yep. A plant. Uh, unreal. Uh, and 17 and games for, for, for betting legal money on a game that you're not shaving points on. Right. You're not even really. And in fact, at, at you're all. not even only betting on NFL games, which is the sport you play. You're also betting on the NBA, which you don't fucking play and you right. have nothing to do right. with whatsoever. Well, you didn't have that to do with the NFL at that time. Neither did he. It's just, it's stupid, bro. So stupid. Hey. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of room for a lot of deception when you involve that kind of money. This just reaffirms my statement. And uh, to our good friend Dutch from After Two Beers. Sorry, Dutch. Put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's time to get over it. Moving on. Best two-strike hitter ever, dude. (laughs) Look. Pete Rose, he was a great two-strike hitter. That's He's damn right he was. Uh, okay, so for this next thing, I'm gonna before we get into this next story, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you out a name, 
and I want you to say just like what we do on our regular episodes where we play word association. Right. Just because I don't know, I'm just changing things up. I'm gonna before we get into this story about this person, I'm gonna throw out his name, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Cowboys Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. Cocaine. That's <laughs> not, not where I thought that was going. <laughs> I thought there was something about his athletic ability, his talent, oh, but we'll go with cocaine. He's snorting his way across the field, folks. Oh wait a minute, that's the 50-yard line. Do, do the, okay. Go ahead, go ahead and do the Daryl Strawberry for me, real fast. No, I can't. come on. There's a swing and it's driving the right field base hit, and Daryl Strawberry. What? He's dropped to his knees. He's snorting his way to first, folks. Yes. Uh, yeah. And what? Doug Gooden has joined him. <laughs> what? What's the story? I, I think we've talked about it before. I don't think we've done it on air. But sidebar: what? What's the story? You told me about way before I was before I was ever a puppy, before I was ever hatched. What's the story about Doc Gooden, the the no hitter on acid or whatever you said? No, he uh, pit, didn't. He, you said he pitched a whole game on acid, no hitter, or something uh, yeah, like that. Gina, yeah, something like that. I can't remember exactly what that. I don't remember. <laughs> Good God, man! Times. Oh, no. this, the, uh, my generation, my generation, and the generation behind me are so weak and soft. You know, you'll have all these younger kids ODing, but yet you have all these hardcore rock stars like Ozzy Osbourne and Mick Jagger and all these guys that are still kicking, and they've done more <laughs> amounts of illicit drugs than anybody. It just amazes me. Well, back to know. back to Michael Irvin. Let's go. Back. I'm sorry, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know. Hey, that, I mean that's fine. Uh, uh, I'm not a Cowboys fan either, so I mean. Uh, well, then this story won't break your heart. But I guess during Super Bowl weekend, there was some shit that went on with Michael Irvin at a hotel with a female employee. And I bet cocaine was involved, too. Oh, here we go. Uh, I bet it. So right. the story that I that I pulled this evening for this, and I didn't, I don't remember hearing about this during Super Bowl week. This tonight was the first time I've heard about this story. So obviously I had my head up my ass, and that's a big place to be. <laughs> Uh, I guess two men, just two bystanders, were in a Phoenix hotel lobby the night that Michael Irvin had been accused of this misconduct with a hotel employee. And they said, they told police and, and whoever, that they didn't see him do anything wrong and that his interaction with this female hotel employee was as cordial and as respectful as possible. Well, what the story is coming out now is... uh. These peep, these two men, uh, one from Philadelphia and one from Australia. Good day, mate. Yeah. Uh, they appeared alongside Irvin at a at this uh, news conference. Michael Irvin has filed a one hundred million dollar defamation lawsuit against a party named Jane Doe. They're not releasing her name and. Uh, Marriott International, which is, you know, the Marriott Hotels. Right. They alleging false conduct because he was kicked out of the hotel. And uh, when he got kicked out, word got around. That forced the NFL Network to remove him from the Super Bowl week coverage. So Irvin has insisted that he did nothing wrong. He went to his room alone. He said there was no inappropriate physical contact. And these two witnesses said that they seen nothing at all that could be considered violent, dangerous, sexual, or inappropriate. Uh, 
the video showed Irvin and the woman meeting and shaking hands, and that he twice touched her elbow in just a a, a manner like as uh, when you shake hands with somebody and you pat them on the arm type touching her elbow. Uh, you know, no, I don't know. That's a that's a new thing. You know that? Yeah, I I, I guess. <laughs> now, so so Irvin at this press conference this week, he t- he he got tears in his eyes. He said. He said he compared the allegations resulting to the fallout from the Jim Crow era persecution of colored men. He said, this blows my mind that in two, quote, this is a Michael Irvin quote. I'm going to use it right here on our show. He said, I can't even tell you what this woman looked like. He said, this is just blows my mind that in 2023, we're still dragging and hanging brothers by a tree. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Here's my thing with this. I'm full 100% in support of Michael Irvin. However, I don't think the dude needs a hundred million dollar lawsuit. No, I mean he's not broke. Like I'm sure he might have went broke back in the day, but he's got he's you know he's he's recovered. He's recouped money. He's had a job with the NFL Network for like 15 years. Like I don't think brother needs a hundred million dollars. No, but and nevertheless, unless unless he's got a big cocaine habit. <laughs> oh, it's always the cocaine. Remember, remember that thing. What are you going to do if you win the lottery? Cocaine and hookers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, what is what is one thing I manage to do every episode? A wrestling reference. Okay. Well, I'm about to get one in now, and this ties into one of the two Homer. biggest... Homer. Capital H. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this, this ties in... This ties in to one of the two biggest stories that me and you have been reporting on all year. The two biggest stories we've been reporting on for a year has been the Live Golf story and the Brett Favre Mississippi State Welfare Fraud Fund. Okay? This story with uh, wrestling ties into the Mississippi State Welfare Fund. Like, uh, so Brett DiBiase, who is the son of the legendary professional wrestler, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, that's. a boy, Kurt Kelly. <laughs> Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Yeah, that's right. You know, the million dollars ain't a lot of money anymore these days. No. In the, eight, in the 80s, that was a big thing. Nowadays, he'd need to be called the billion dollar man. Exactly. But anyways, uh, Brett DiBiase this week pled guilty to charges of conspiracy to defraud the government in a federal court uh, he was a former pro wrestler who spent time with World Wrestling Entertainment, the biggest professional wrestling company in the world. Uh, he was there for about three or four years from uh, 2008 to around 2011 or 12. Uh, he's one of uh, Ted DiBiase's two sons, both who were involved in the business. Uh, DiBiase's guilty plea is part of a deal that signals his intention to serve as a witness in the federal government's ongoing investigation into what has been termed the Mississippi welfare scandal. Now, his conspiracy charge that he's being charged with carries a possible five-year prison sentence and a $250,000 fine. To celebrities, that's not a lot of money. Just somebody like me and you, $250,000 might as well be $10 million. (laughs) So, for those of you that don't remember, briefly... Uh, this scandal involves the theft and and uh, alleged theft and the misspending of tens of millions of federal welfare funds that were to be used for federal, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, 
DiBiase and his father and his brother have been accused of profiting from the scandal. Uh, they are facing charges in a civil lawsuit by the Mississippi Department of Human Services demanding they return almost $5 million in funds. Now, neither uh, Ted DiBiase Sr. or his son, Ted DiBiase Jr., have yet to be charged with a crime, although, you know, Brett pleaded guilty. Uh, uh, I guess it's the whole TANF funds, again, for those listening, you know, check it out. We've we've covered this till we've been blue in the face, but... This is directly tied into the lawsuit and also involving uh, Brett Favre and several other people. The lawsuit accords that more than $20 million in temporary assistance for needy families funds had been squandered and stolen. Of course, to this day, Brett Favre has continued to maintain his innocence and doesn't speak on the issue a whole lot. However, I didn't put this in the notes, but in the month that we took off from when we recorded the 68 World Series episode, there's been a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Brett Favre yeah. is suing Pat McAfee. Brett, I didn't put this in the notes tonight. This is just the shit I've kept up with while I haven't been doing the show. But uh, Pat McAfee, you know, former Indianapolis Colts punter and turned professional wrestler. I love Pat McAfee. Yeah. Uh, Pat has basically called Favre everything but a white man on his show. I mean, and uh, Favre had enough of it. His team sent a cease and desist letter and a lawsuit. So then Pat McAfee, being Pat McAfee, was jumping around showing copies of the lawsuit on the show just as a fuck you to Favre. And uh, it's... It's an entertaining story. It's like it's like watching Desperate Housewives, man. It's amazing. <laughs> oh shit! So uh, we'll keep you, you know, updated on any time more information's getting done about Far. But for now, the first big conviction or plea or guilty plea in this case has has happened. So uh, basically, right. if you're stealing money or using money that was given to you to help other people and or you're, you're stealing money from the good, yeah. yeah, or if you're stealing money from the poor, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- I want to talk to you about this. And uh, hey, t- today I went to the laundromat where you were working. Yeah. So today I did a brief 30, 45 minute laundromat listenings episode as I do sometimes where I just ramble shit that's in my head at the laundromat. <laughs> right. So I, I touched on this today. In the laundromat listening episodes, but I could not wait to talk to it. I could not wait to talk to you about it. Uh, Our boss, well, I mean, he's not my boss anymore. Adam Sweet and I had a conversation through text about this today. Okay. So Paul Gasol, and I'm a I'm a Paul Gasol guy. I'm not a huge Paul Gasol guy, but I do like Paul Gasol. His jersey was retired last night. And they hung it in the rafters of the Staples Center beside Kobe. Do you believe that Paul Gasol deserved to have his jersey retired? Uh, he helped bring to, he helped Kobe bring the last two titles the Lakers got before LeBron. You know, in 09 and 2010, he helped Kobe bring them in. Yeah, but retired. They retired his jersey. It is now hanging beside. Is now hanging in the rafters of the Staples Center beside Kobe. For like special, like 
Kobe and Bill Russell and all this stuff. Kobe and Wilt and Kareem and Shaq yeah, and I, Magic and Worth. Is Worthy's number retired? Paul, I like Paul Gasol, but I don't know if he's that. Well, what's, what's interesting know. about this is uh, Vanessa Bryant was there, Kobe's widow. And I guess, uh, or no, she, she opened the, or she wasn't there, excuse me. They opened the halftime tribute with a recorded message uh, from her on the on the on the uh, the Tron, the Titan Tron, the video board. Right. Well, then she showed a video uh, of Kobe at the Academy Awards like five years ago, where yeah. Kobe was expressing that Paul Gasol deserved to be honored by the Lakers. So Kobe's no longer here with us to to speak about this for himself, but right. here's re- here's a recording of Kobe, who is one of the Lakers' top five pride and joys of all time. Right, where he's right. telling the Lakers and in Genie Bus and all them guys and Mitch Kupchak, uh, Mitch Kupchak, whatever, to that hey, he needs to uh, be honored. I just. I asked Adam about this, and I texted Adam this morning uh, while you got right after you guys started your shift. I said, "Am I wrong in thinking, even as a Lakers fan, am I wrong in thinking that this was a dumb addition?" And Adam goes, "No, I don't understand it either." And I'm like, "I'm not being disrespectful to what the guy." Right. I, yeah, mean, I mean, either. I just don't know. I mean, let's. I mean, do you, you have a list of past retirement? Uh, let me I see who's it. all in there. I don't remember what I put in the notes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's compare a little bit here. Let me see. And, and I, I got a feeling that Paul Gasol, no disrespect, is not going to come close to some of these other names. Okay, I don't have them all, but I do have this. Well, just a few would help, yeah. Gasol was the 12th player in franchise history to have his jersey number retired, joining the likes of... Uh, George Mikan, Meekin, Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. That's all I have. I don't know if Worthy's in there or not. Uh, now oh, well, that right there, that list right there is pretty huge, dude. That's a pretty uh, big list. Yeah. Now, see what I what I put in my uh, what I what I said in the the episode this morning at the laundromat is. Uh, they did go to three. St- I was trying to remember how many finals they did. They went to three straight finals. They lost in 08 to the Celtics. They won back-to-back titles in 2009 against Howard and the Magic, and then in 2010 over the Celtics. Paul Gasol come in during the trade deadline in 2008. Uh, you know, and I, and I guess he talked about how Kobe was excited to have him. Kobe welcomed him on board. He was happy to be there, and that's all well and fine. I, like I, I'm a fan of the Gasol brothers. I love Paul. Yeah, I love Mark. Yeah, I love watching him play. Uh, I am, uh, as you as you said, you you busted me. I came out of the closet as a Lakers fan. Easy, <laughs> easy, bro, easy. So I mean, no I still love my pa- I still love my Pacers, but yes, I I will admit after years of hiding, I'm a Lakers fan. Uh. I don't think he deserves to be. I don't either. I'm with you. Now he's now he's a he's going to be a uh, he's in the running to to get yeah he's in the running to get put in the Naismith Hall of Fame as we all know the NBA doesn't have a Hall of Fame there's just a basketball right. Hall of Fame he's yeah, in the running he's he's a finalist this year or next year somewhere I can't remember uh, he's probably going to get in 
Yeah. Without question. But right. as far as having your jersey retired by the Lakers. Uh, and the names you just listed there, uh, there's a night and day's difference. I'm sorry. I wonder, Puss, if I can find out who all the who's all jersey has been retired. I mean, I'll uh, say you can. if you if you buy me a couple of minutes here. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. What is that the Jeopardy theme? retirement for uh... Alright, here we are. I got I'm in the Google machine. What right what Lakers have their jerseys retired? Let's see here. List of players with jerseys retired by the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, this is going to be 12 of them, right? Uh, I think so. 13. Let's let's see. Uh, Complete list of jersey numbers retired by the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, I want to view this list. Come on, you piece of crap. Uh, Jamal Wilkes. Really? Number 52. Wilt Chamberlain, number 13. Oh, God, puss. You know who we forgot? Who? Elgin Baylor, number twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Yep. If Worthy is not on this list, I'm going to be pissed. Gail Goodrich, number twenty-five. Oh my gosh, we forgot about him. Kobe Bryant's numbers eight and twenty-four. Oh, we forgot about Dr. Jerry West, number forty-four. Yeah. Magic thirty-two. We got that. Oh, there it is. Worthy's on there. Good. I was going to be pissed. Yeah, Worthy's number be. forty-two. Kareem's number thirty-two. Shaq's number thirty-four. George Meekins, 99. Uh, and now Paul Gasol's number 16. Yeah. So and you're so telling far, me that Paul Gasol, and again, as a Lakers fan and even as a Paul guy, I'm not meaning disrespect, but you mean to tell me that that player belongs with that list hanging from the Raptors of the Staples Center? I, I got something for you. There's two other names that you mentioned there that I don't believe need to be up there. Oh, oh! So you have an opinion on the list? Who who do you think should not be up Jamal there? Jamal Wilkes. I could see that. And Gil Gooder. Oh man, here we go back. This point guard episode from last year. You and Doyle. You don't <laughs> think Gil Goodrich deserves to be up there? I don't think so. Not really. When you compare it, what they, he won a Maybe. ring in '72. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess by that motion, Paul Gasol won too with the Lakers. So. I mean, right. I, I don't think no three of them are. You know, I don't need to have their churches retired. Well, it's just it's just food for thought, puss. That's all right, it is. Right, right. Not, it's like an opinion, though. Everybody's got uh, oh, yeah. Like Ask, yeah. Everybody's got one. Yep. All right. So moving on. I'm skipping around here. What do we What do we got here? Uh, do you want to talk about Kirby Smart or not? Who? Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia. Basically, the car crash that happened, the fatal car wreck that happened hours after they won the national title game with the with the star players driving like idiots, high speeds and racing, and then there's a crash and one of them got killed. And so the scouting combine was last week for the NFL. Okay, and that is like one of my favorite things every year was the scouting combine. Man, I tell you what. Heavy, 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 like 2004 all the way up to like 2010. Man, 
when I even when I got out of high school and I was working full time, I'd call in sick or take a couple days of vacation or whatever during the the week of the scouting combine because I would just love to see all these college athletes come in. Right. Jalen Carter got arrested last week and left Indianapolis. He was already at the already at the the combine and he came back to Georgia. Uh, you know, this is the January fifteenth crash that killed a Georgia football player and a recruiting staff member. And what's interesting about this is Kirby Smart spoke last week with ESPN, the head coach of the Bulldogs. And insist his program does not have a problem with you know rules and culture and all this stuff, <laughs> but yet his players are involved in high speed stunts and racing and you know a recruiter and uh, a, a a national championship player are dead because of this. It, it's Is like there any alcohol or anything involved? Um, I don't remember seeing anything alcohol being a factor. I think it was just more. Stupidity, bad decisions, and twenty-year-old uh, kids being twenty-year-old kids—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, uh, high on a natural high. They're high on life because they won a national championship game when they blew out TCU by like fifty fucking points. And I—I uh, I guess this—they were hitting high speeds and racing, and a Ford Expedition uh, left the roadside and struck two power lines and several trees. And yeah. one of the players died, and uh, they said it was going uh, it was going 104 miles. Oh, here it is. A toxicology report uh, says that uh, the young lady that was the young lady that was driving was a recruiter for the university for um, Kirby Smart. Her blood okay. alcohol content was a .197, which ballpark, that's probably two times, almost three times yeah. the legal limit. Yep. So they uh, estimate from their crash reenactment scene that this vehicle was racing with other Georgia Bulldog, you know, that they, they, they were hitting speeds of well over 100 mile an hour. Uh-huh. Sipping and shifting. <laughs> Sipping and shifting. Uh, but but Kirby Smart has come out and said, you know, we're dealing with a lot of tragedy. You know, I've got 130 football players in my program where we've all suffered great loss. The families have suffered great loss. But basically, he's kind of saying our program doesn't have a problem with culture. We don't have a problem with following rules. And I'm like, you know, you got uh, some, you got some, uh, yeah. News says otherwise. Yeah. So. Anyways, let's move on. I just thought you'd—I thought you'd want to comment on that. You seem to like to point out dumb shit that people do, like I do, <laughs> or at least we like to have a good laugh. And I, I shouldn't laugh, you know. Some people lost their lives, right? But right. there was bad decisions made by yes. a group of twenty-something-year-olds, and once and again, you gotta be thinking, what are you thinking? You're twenty-something years old. You're—you know—you just won a national title game. You're. Uh, you're going to be drafted oh, in the NFL. You're going to be making millions of dollars. And uh, a loss of human life, though, and all excuses, man. I don't. Yeah. Y- what are you thinking? I, I agree, hundred percent, puss. I just right, right. Uh, let's see what else we got in here, Hattie old girl. I'd beg to differ, uh, smart, Mister Smart. Yeah, not very smart, Kirby Smart. And. Uh, 
let's see here. We're I'm I've been skipping a few things because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. I do want to talk about this. Uh because we don't talk enough college basketball. And I've we've talked about that off air. Like, man, we need to do some college basketball. And we have often talked about how uh Bayheim from Syracuse is, you know, you look at great coaches and, and, and a lot of these guys are starting to retire. Kachetsky retired. Uh Roy Williams from North Carolina retired. A bunch of these guys are hanging it up. Well, uh after 47 seasons, Jim Beheim is not coming back to Syracuse. Um, it was announced this morning because I seen it come across the uh, I seen it come across the the screen that he was mulling retirement. And he hadn't made a decision yet on whether he's coming back, but I guess the decision's been made. Uh, Beheim's 78 years old, and he's going to be replaced by his assistant head coach, Adrian Autry. Uh, you know, I told, I remember I told you this when we did our point guard episode. Beheim was college roommates with uh, one of our point guards of all time, Dave Bing. And uh, when did he take over? He took over in 1976 as head coach. I wasn't born till 87, Kurt. Right. He took over in 76. You weren't very old then either. Five years old. Five years old? Yeah. Uh, his official coaching record, 1,015 wins to 44 losses. 101 wins, though, were vacated because of uh, – you know, violation rules. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Mike Kaczewski holds the record with Bayheim ranking second. Uh, he has taken Syracuse to the uh, tournament 35 times, uh, advanced to the Final Four in five of those trips, and they won a national title in 2003 with my boy Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. That's right. So... Uh, Beheim said, quote, um, as I said from day one when I started working here, the university hired me and it's their choice what they want to do. I have always had the choice of retirement, but it's their decision as to whether I coach or not. It always has been. I've just been able to lucky coach this long. So I guess basically uh, he was deciding whether or not to come back, and I guess Syracuse went ahead and made the decision for him. Right. So, yeah, uh, I, I heard he, he was let go. I think Dole told me that earlier. That you know, man, I'm telling you, puss. As we're getting older, times going. All these good coaches, you know, are retired. <laughs> Bob Huggins is still out there. Bill right. Self is still out there. Uh, right. Anyways, but but we're losing these. Yeah, I know. Billy Packer had just passed away too. I, I, found I think I've seen something about that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Hattie, old girl, I think that about, I mean, I got a couple other things I was going to put in here, but. Right. Well, I just got to. I, uh, I can hear your finger clicking. Wife. I can hear your fingers clicking over there. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I need to uh, give her, she's doing my taxes. So. All right, bro. Uh, 
I tell you what, I'll text you and uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do this weekend. Right, right. Okay. All right, homie. I'll holler at you later. All right, dude. All right, see you, bro. Later. Later. Bye. Bye. So that about wraps it up. Well, actually, you know what? I just I didn't want to do this with Carl in the air because I didn't think I could retain. Because uh, some things I just don't I just don't do with Kurt because I don't want to bore him. And I think sometimes some of the stuff I do would bore him. I guess. So uh, I I want to talk a little bit about mental health as as we have said on this podcast before that. Mental health is not anything that we take lightly. Uh, me especially with with what I've had, you know, what I've went through in the last five or six years, or the last four, whatever. Uh, and I want to talk about ten million dollars donated uh, for mental health. What I'm talking about is the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee is receiving a record ten million dollar donation to support its expanding mental health programs. Uh, this is going to be the largest standalone gift in the 10 years of this committee's charitable run. And it comes from, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I want to apologize in advance. It's coming from the Reichel Family Foundation, headed by longtime supporters Yuka and Gary Reichel. Uh, Gary Reichel said in a statement yesterday, We strongly believe that our athletes engaging with their local communities will reduce the stigma associated with seeking help and create relevance for the Olympic and Paralympic movements in these communities. Uh, Now, the USOPC said that the gift will help them bolster resources for their mental health program, which is on a three-phase expansion scheduled to culminate with the 2028 Olympics in L.A. Starting three years ago, back in 2020, when the USOPC expanded its focus on mental health, it says it hired eight new licensed providers, logged over 1,700 unique encounters with athletes, and would create a registry, registry excuse me, with more than 200 providers around the country. Now, Christine Walsh, who is the president of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Foundation, uh, said the other day that this donation is truly game-changing for our athletes and the entire organization. Now, the Reichel family sits on the board of the foundation, which received more than $53 million in donations this past year. Uh, The foundation will will generally what they do is they direct money to the programs that support Olympic athletes, and they turn around and put the rest into an endowment. Since this $10 million donation, though, is a directed gift, it's all going to go towards the mental health program. Now, uh, mental health... I've talked about this on, on this podcast. I've talked about this on that other Masonic podcast that I host. And that, by the way, cheap plug for, you know, those of you on my personal Facebook page again, as I said today, that want to, you know, I'm, you're, you're always posting about Freemasonry. Well, here's the podcast. Check it out. Uh, but I, I've mentioned on both shows that uh, mental health was something that I used to laugh at stupidly. Uh, I am not ashamed to admit that I was seriously wrong. And I'm, I've never been so happy to be wrong. I thought mental health was a crutch. I thought it was a fucking joke. And as someone who, you know, went through a nervous breakdown and tried to take his own life and just went through a real bad periods of ups and downs and roller coasters and everything, I take this seriously. So anytime I see anything to do with, with um, promoting mental health and 
giving money to research and to hire people, Christ, uh, Christ uh, counselors, crisis counselors, or uh, therapists, anything, or, or ways to help combat the depression in the middle. Anytime I see anything like that, it, it's going to get a one of these from me. I can hold that in the whole time I talk about it. It's going to get an applause from me. It's going to get uh, praise. I'm going to talk about it. I think this is phenomenal because you're pro athletes, but especially when you're an Olympic athlete, when you're an Olympic athlete, you're representing your country. Not everybody can be an Olympic athlete. It takes the best of the best. So, hell yeah, dude. So, that's awesome. Uh, let's see what I got here. Um, there's the shuttlecock. Hey, Kurt, I, I passed the shuttlecock. He's gone. I, and I guess uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, I love talking about Ivy League sports. Because when you think Ivy League, if you're me, when you think Ivy League, you don't think sports, you think education. So that's why I love getting a chance to talk about Ivy League sports. Uh, hey, fun fact, every since we're getting close to March Madness, I pick an Ivy League team every year to, to bust a bracket, to win. Uh, I don't think I've ever fucked up on that either like i've always picked the right uh anyways so i so let's let's talk about this real fast and then i'll decide if i'm going to do anything else here on my own or if we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up for the evening but a pair of basketball players from brown allege in a federal lawsuit that the ivy league's policy of not offering athletic scholarships amounts to a price fixing agreement that denies athletes the proper financial aid and payment for the services what am I talking about? So this lawsuit was filed yesterday in U.S. District Court in the state of Connecticut by attorneys representing Grace Kirk, a member of the Browns women's team, and, oh boy, Tammy Mang Cho, Cho, we'll say Cho, who played for the men's team for the 2017 through 2022. They are seeking class action statues to represent all current and former athletes at the eight Ivy League schools dating back to anyone recruited since March of 2019. The suit argues that the Ivy League schools illegally conspired to limit financial aid and not compensate athletes for their services. Now, here's a direct quote uh, provided to the press from the lawsuit. It says, quote, In either case, regardless of whether considered as a restraint on the price of education, the value of financial aid, the price of athletic services, or the level of competition to an Ivy League athletes, the Ivy League agreement is illegal. So we're talking about Harvard, Yale, Brown, Princeton, Dartmouth, Cornell, Columbia, and Penn. They do not offer merit scholarships of any kind, including the athletic scholarships. This policy goes all the way back to the 50s, which makes the Ivy League the only D1 athletic conference that prohibits member schools from authoring athletic scholarships. Uh, now, the executive director for the Ivy League uh, is, a, is a woman named Robin Harris. She came out in recent weeks here and publicly defended the policy in a statement responding to legal action. She said, quote, 
The Ivy League athletics model is built on the foundation principle that student-athletes should be representative of the wider student body, including the opportunity to receive need-based financial aid. In turn, choosing and embracing that principle then provides each Ivy Tech student-athlete a journey Ivy League said Ivy Tech. Wow, there's there's a name we haven't heard in a while. Ivy Tech uh, provides each Ivy League student athlete a journey that embraces world class academic experience, with the opportunity to compete in Division One athletics, and ultimately paves a path for lifelong success. Uh, but the attorneys for the Brown students point out that other elite schools, such as Stanford and Duke, do offer athletic scholarships. Uh, these schools are not part of the Ivy League, but they demonstrate they can maintain they can maintain stellar academic standards while competing for excellent athletes without agreed upon limits on price. So, I, you know, there, there's a there's a lot more to this this lawsuit and this story. I just uh, I think it's phenomenal. I shouldn't say phenomenal. I just think it's I just find it interesting, and uh, I love talking ath- Ivy League sports, man. Just because you don't think of sports. When you think of Ivy League, uh, so, anyways, I'm trying to scram up here through the notes. Uh, if there's anybody out there listening, right before we start a rolling tape tonight, I posted on my personal Facebook page. Uh, I would like to do a before before the first four games. You know, before the first four games, uh, middle of next week, I would like to do a a tournament breakdown i know selection sunday's coming up hey there's only four sundays in the world that mean a damn dent to anything that's super bowl sunday that's selection sunday that's wrestlemania sunday and that's every sunday for the lord amen jesus (laughs) but seriously though uh i would like to do a full tournament breakdown uh once selection sunday happens before the first four starts the play-in games uh, I've never done this before in, in Steel Toes and Scoreboards history. So if anybody out there wants to uh, do something, if you're local, get with me. We could get together. I'll set the mics up. We could do it uh, over the phone just right here like I did with Puss. I just need you to have a working set of earbuds. And uh, I would just like to I'd like to break down an entire, an entire tournament. Just looking at the matchups and what I think. And I think it could be fun. And I, I would love to do this with somebody. So if, if anybody out there has any interest in that holler at your boy you know let, holler at your boy let's do something i think it'd be fun even you know i think it would be i think it'd be a good time so all right with with that said guys uh for kirk kelly i'm uh i'm jared atkins i want to thank you guys for your support again uh, for those of you that have not checked it out, uh, you're you're going to be hearing this tomorrow, Thursday, this episode. But uh, today I did a laundromat listenings episode, and I talked about the show and the fact that in the month of February, we only released two or three episodes uh, for a total combined downloads of like fifty or so. So, and then we did we didn't do anything for three or three weeks or so. And you guys still managed to pump out another 126 downloads from us for uh, recycling content, checking out the catalog or whatever. Uh, so we had 176 downloads last month in February, the shortest month of the year, and we only had two or three episodes. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Um, 
I've had a lot going on this month with the with the upcoming move at the end of the month and, and work and for you guys to give us that sort of um continuous, you know, good feedback and, and whatnot. Uh I really appreciate it. Kurt appreciates it. Uh last last couple things here, a couple shout outs. I wanna do give a couple shout outs. Uh again, if you're a degenerate like me and you like some just raunchy over the top definitely not safe for work you, if you like things that just go a little too far uh check out my friends over at the taking it too far podcast they are up around kokomo and rusheville indiana which is uh, up north of indianapolis and uh wow <laughs> it's a it's a man and a wife and a a a guy i met i don't know if he wants me to say how i met him Oh God, that sounded really bad. Uh, let's just say I, 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 you know, I know him. Uh, his name's Adam, but it's a, it's a man and a wife, and they're they're good buddy Adam, and they just sit there and they just they cut loose. And they are they are literally Indiana's version of Howard Stern. You know, Adam cracked the joke. You know, we're Kokomo's Joe Rogan, and I'm like, no, you're not Kokomo's Joe Rogan. You're Indiana's Howard Stern. So, uh. They they put out a new episode generally middle of every week. They record on Sundays mornings. So check out the Taking It Too Far podcast, and then uh, shout out our, our good friends, uh, the After Two Beers crew, Kevin Shook, the producer, uh, and um, JP and Gibbler, Dutch, and AJ up in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, can't wait to make the drive back up there. It's about a four hour drive to Richmond. Um, Kurt and I had a lot of fun though. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh Dutch, I, I uh I can't wait to hear this new episode that you said that I gave you an idea for on your show. So I'm looking forward to that. So um and at any rate, if, if anybody out there listening wants to do a podcast or or a collaboration with us, we're down. We're we're open to that. We're open to anything that gets more eyes on us. Uh there's a there's somebody local here for it for all of our local listeners. I shit you not. For all of our Southern Indiana, Western Kentucky local listeners, you know that that you know as, as 14 News calls us the Indiana tri the tri-state Indiana Illinois Kentucky. There's a radio DJ that's local to us in the tri-state. He's a DJ. I want you to think about. It. He's a radio DJ. He's a DJ, and he reached out to me and be like, "What do you know about podcasting?" And he asked a bunch of questions. And uh, he said, we're going to have to do a collaboration sometime. He's looking to get into podcasting. This guy's a radio DJ. He's around equipment all day long. That gave me the validation that, hey, this almost two years of my life hasn't been a waste. So, all right, guys, that's enough rambling. I hope you enjoyed tonight's Weeknight Chronicles episode. I'm going to call it, what did Kurt call it? I said I was going to title it that. The Shuttlecock is Coming. The shuttlecock is back. What the fuck did he say? I'm going to have to go back and re-listen and roll tape. But all right, guys. We will see you this weekend. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I'll have to get back with Puss since he jumped off. But uh, all right. We will catch you guys next time. Peace.